hello, Internet. Welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. I am Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports. That's right. It is January. I can finally say that I am the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports. I might have mentioned it in the past and then not for a bit and now can again say this. So that's awesome. And we are going to do something very special for you guys uh, for these next you know, few weeks up until the LCS starts. We are going to be covering two teams a day, one North American team, one European team, and like a 10 to 15 minute mini podcast form. It's going to be great. And I am going to be joined throughout all this by my good friend, Walter Ciedis Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Well, as of the time of when we are recording this podcast, 14 days, people. 14 days until the beginning of the LCS season. I am I am so excited. I'm like super, super excited. Bills are out of playoff contention. I don't have to worry about football anymore. I don't really get into my groove with the NBA until like the last month before the playoffs, like after the All-Star game. So I'm just like I'm sitting here bubbling over just waiting for this quality League of Legends to start. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun teams to talk about. We were trying to figure out, you know, what order do we talk about these teams? Because there are a lot of different ways we can organize this. And so we went with the least organized way to organize it. We just picked random numbers from a random number generator uh, representing each team. And the first one that was drawn up, a great place to start, I would say. Team Solo Mid, the once and potentially future kings of North America. Uh, they've had a very busy offseason, obviously. Bjergsen is the only person from last year's roster that's actually still around and doing things on a regular basis. We have Hauntzer now from Gravity in the top lane. Sven Skarin made his way over from Europe, from SK Gaming, to become their jungler. Double Lift, obviously, uh, the biggest name possibly to come over uh, from CLG. They're bitter rivals, now great friends. Uh, and Yellowstar from Fnatic in just... The culmination of one of the most interesting rosters that we've ever seen. And, and then you add in these two coaches, Woodbuck and, and Yarg, who seem very, uh, very exciting. Walter, what are you thinking when you look at this roster as a whole? What are your first impressions? So I look at this roster as a whole, and I'm a TSM fan. Uh, I was about to give up on TSM after Dyrus left because that was really – that was when I really started to become a TSM fan, was that kind of epic gamer when, when Dyrus was on that team with, with Dan Din, who's uh, Reginald's brother. And when he finally moved into the house and everybody could see Rain Man wasn't performing and why do they have this random top laner living in the house? And that transition to the, the season two old school OG TSM of Dyrus and Odd One, and Reginald, and Chaos, and 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 uh, X Special. That was when I really fell in love with this brand. The old, you know, FK at Bay Life, just, it was phenomenal. And I was about to give up on them, and then they pulled the mind gamiest of mind games, and convinced CLG that Doublelift is not a worthwhile player to have around anymore. And, like, the second that happened, I was like, okay, I can dig it. I can dig it. And then the entire drama with Sven Skarin just just sealed it for me. It was the hate the hate us cause they ain't us. You know, the the diehard like Yankee came out and me and like, we're the best team in the in, in North America, just like forever. Like, screw everyone. We have all these titles, like, screw it. It's us against the world, baby. And I am all in on this roster, which I think has the 
very strong potential to go down as one of the best rosters in Western League of Legends history. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a great team. First of all, I want to just acknowledge that you being a Yankees fan suddenly makes a lot of our conversations make more sense. Just in retrospect, one of those things I always forget about. Like, <laughs> I have the Red Sox as my favorite baseball team. So I'm always like, I'm cheering for those underdogs, whatever. You're like, yeah, TSM, let's do it. Uh, who's their super team in Europe? Let's go there. Like, it's very different mindset. And this is the super team. And that uh, leads- Wait, 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 wait. I'm a Bills fan, and you're saying that I don't root for the underdogs? Man, that's rough. <laughs> just, <laughs> hey, four Super Bowls in five, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just, yeah, more four, more than my Bulls team. Four years. More than my team ever has. But this team of superstars uh, leads to the most exciting storyline for TSM. Can this team, with all this star power, find a way to make it work? Walter, you know, gold share shot-calling duties. There's a lot to split up amongst a lot of people who are really good at these things. How are they going to keep it together? I, I think Yellowstar and, and Yard coming over from Fnatic have to be the, the biggest part of that, of answering kind of that question, deciding that storyline. I think they're, I think Woodbuck in, uh, I don't know if you watched that episode of TSM Legends, the, the IEM San Jose one, where Woodbuck kind of says, you know, this is how things are going to run. If I had been the coach, that 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 sports mindset would have been the exact place I would have gone for it. He's like, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be a pretty good team, but I'm not your friend. I'm your boss. I'm your coach. You're going to listen to me. You got any problems? Like, I'm, I'm going to put you down, you know, right away. That, you know, Bobby Knight cussing, throwing a chain. I can't wait for them to, like, lose their first game. I want to see if Woodbuck throws a chair because <laughs> that's, that's how he feels to me. But this kind of rigid structure that – uh, that that fanatic we assume fanatic has just because they've been so successful and I I've seen, there's a clip of of uh, Saint Vicious talking on stream about how uh, Hooney probably didn't enjoy being in fanatic because of how strict Delior was you know no cell phones or tablets allowed in their rooms when it you know they have a very strict bedtime their girlfriends weren't allowed to come around the house things like that so I think that. If TSM can put this really rigid structure that uh, Reggie tried to put in towards the end of like the the Korean boot camp, where he said like don't bring your phones to practice, like stuff like that, I think if they can get it in there, establish it, and have these five guys just focus on the fact that they want to win a world championship in probably what you know is the best collection of Western talent in history, I think that that can happen. Yeah, uh, you got to trust Yellowstar in this. We've seen him have a team of four new guys come in last year. By the end of the year, they were the third best team in the world. Now you're giving him arguably even more talent to work with. Obviously, Fabivin is incredibly talented. Um, bringing Reckless in, um, it seems like he did take that step forward, but he hadn't taken that step when he was on Element. So you can give Yellowstar at least some credit for that. He's just He's been a guy who consistently makes the players around him better. And I do believe that being able to defer to him is going to be the key there if they're going to make some of these balances work out. Uh, most underrated storyline here. You know, the guy that people almost never talk about because the other names on this team are so big. Let's talk about Hanser. Is this the year that Hanser takes the leap? Because last year he did a lot of great things on a team that didn't necessarily have a ton of talent, um, at least in the, you know, the jungle was inconsistent. The mid lane, the best thing we could say about it was that it wasn't actively hurting the team. Like, is this the year that he does this? 
I think uh, I, I can't say for certain that this is the year because I think there's no pressure on him at all to perform. I think the pressure on this team really lies with Gerson and Doublelift um, and being kind of this really two-carry uh, kind of oriented setup. But if the meta does kind of stick with like this juggernaut-style top lane, it's going to you know thrust some undue pressure on him. If Bjergsen can't play assassins because control mages are what's meta and you have to play you know control mages, then yeah, it could shine the spotlight on him. And he's shown in the past that he can excel in any position, you know, any kind of play style. That he has a very deep champion pool. Uh, but I just don't, I don't see him having a spotlight on him for the majority of the spring split, especially. I think the meta is really going to kind of shift to more of. Uh, a supportive style top laner where you're playing mostly tanks or you're playing, uh, you know, rumbles and stuff like that. Just because I've said before on multiple podcasts in the past that that meta is very secular, that there will be changes. You know, the meta does change in certain ways, and you can kind of predict where it's going. So I don't think for the majority of the spring split he'll have a huge spotlight on him. Maybe right towards the beginning here, but as the split goes on and on, the spotlight will kind of dim on him and shine more on, on Svenskeren and Bjergsen and Doublelift, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting position for him. Because what worked for Hanser last year was that he was incredibly self-sufficient. He was yes. tied for first in the league in kills. Um, he had the second lowest death rate. He was first in CS per minute, second in effective gold per minute. He, you know, he was doing all of these things that really show you like he understood how to play his lane and how to take care of himself when the team needed him to. And they needed him to because they didn't spend a lot of time, you know, giving him those kinds of things. He had to make his own way. The worry for me, and this is the leap he has to take, uh, he was sixth in KDA because his assists were not particularly high. Uh, he had the fourth highest uh, kill participation. But that's something that when you look at, you know, playing with Bjergsen, playing with Doublelifts, playing with Svenskeren, there are a lot of other guys that can make kills happen. He yeah. no longer has to be the guy who grabs 73 kills in a split. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to do that anymore. What he needs to do is be a bigger part of these team fights and get his teleports on point. If he can do that, I think he's going to be, you know, in the top two top laners in North America conversation. You know, one of those sneaky, you know, we, we forget because there's so many other talents, but a guy who's just genuinely good week in and week out. I have very high expectations for him uh, if he can learn those skills. And this is where we get to the biggest fear section of this podcast. You know, you said before, you know, if people just listen to Yellowstar and listen to the system that we know works, it's going to be great. But there are personalities on this team, Walter. There's a reason that CLG let Double Lift go. There's a reason we have Dunzo manifestos about some of the problems that he's had as a personality. You know, mm-hmm. Sven Skaren, we're not that far removed from some personality issues, from getting himself banned for three games at the World Championship. You know, some immaturity things that have kind of followed him throughout his career. So I ask you, what happens to this team if it turns out there are too many strong personalities? I think the first person who'd be likely to go. I think the strong personalities actually just lie in, in the three guys that I mentioned earlier, Spencer and Bjergsen and Doublelift. I think Haunters is very subdued, and I think Yellowstar is very subdued as people. Mm-hmm. Um, even in that episode of IEM San Jose TSM Legends, it seemed like Svenskeren was pretty subdued too. Like he's done a lot of growing up, and between the the 
the lack of success he had in SK last year, the, the ban, obviously, that was at the World Championship two years ago, the entire H2K issue, it seems like he's matured very kind of quickly and doesn't quite know how to assert himself anymore. Uh, the real problem I can see is that system, this very strict woodbuck, profe- you know, professional sports kind of coaching system is if Bjergsen or Doublelift don't buy into it, which I think they do from everything that you've seen on TSM Legends on that episode. It seems like they're buying into the system, but if things don't start off on the right foot, like they, you know, they lose their first few games, they're having trouble you know, coalescing as a team, I wonder if that issue where Bjergsen and Loco started to butt heads if that then starts to occur between the management and the coaching staff and the the analysts and Bjergsen or Doublelift, one of my biggest things that I really have hated, uh, period, about ha- when you have a star mid laner like Fabivan or Bjergsen is forcing them onto these really like uh, control mages that can't play mate. You know, Alulu, yeah, you can get a kill in lane. You have some ability to outplay. Same thing with Oriana, but it's not the same as like a LeBlanc or an Ari or one of those assassins that they're really good at. So. If they continue doing this and they don't see success, you know, playing Bjergsen in this very supportive style role, is he going to get kind of pissy? Is he going to get annoyed? Be like, I can't make plays. I can't carry this team, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's where the fear comes into me. I don't think so much Svenskeren is his attitude as while he was okay on SK, if you're playing with a pile of it makes you look a lot better. (laughs) <laughs> he, he did not have teammates. His his team was horrible. So did that just make him look better because he was the you know well the least worst out of them? I I mean let's be fair. He had, me a little. He had to put on a carry backpack for a long time. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to blame him for that. I think yes. he did. He was the only guy on his team with a positive goal differential at ten minutes. Correct. Because he found his own way to get that gold. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of faith in him. And honestly, I think that you're, you're right in terms of him not being a personality issue. I think he's looking at this and being like, given the guys I played with last year, I'll do whatever you want. Just let me stay somewhere where there's actual talent around me and I can trust the laners that I'm ganking for to actually take advantage of it because Mm -hmm. I have not had that for about a year of my life and I never want to go back to that. Um, but I, I think it really comes down to Bjergsen. Uh, we learned last off this off season, if Bjergsen doesn't like you, you're gone. Uh, he, he doesn't, you know, there's no, you know, you, you don't win that argument. Bjergsen's going to be on this team until that contract expires and potentially 28 Very much like a certain owner of a certain organization that happens to share the exact same initials. <laughs> mm. Interesting thing about being the mid laner on a team that has mid in its name. It's conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'll give you a real conspiracy theory that I, I actually oh. came up with preparing for this. Is, is this uh, – am I hearing gumption music? Is this conspiracy, yes. Walter? I, I, I got a conspiracy here that is almost on par with some of that, that player right salary stuff coming out of Ember. What if – I'm just going out on a limb here. What if TSM never really wanted Kossing? What if Kossing wasn't actually their number one choice? And was just a filler for Yellow Star's contract to expire. See, I love this theory because I think that if you're causing, it makes perfect sense to go along with it because it gets you international experience that you're totally not getting on H2K if you still want to pretend that you're on that roster. You don't know where some things are going to shake out. You don't want to you know, just jump to the first offer you get. So you get a chance to put yourself out on an international stage 
to to have that experience, and then you can go back to Europe, where you know from interviews it sounds like he really wanted to be all along. And then if you're TSM, you have a really great support who fills the hole until you get the guy you want, whose contract just happened to expire a little bit later than everybody else's, and happens to be the best support in the entire West. Uh, I love this theory. Um, I will never be able to prove it, obviously, but. If this was what Reggie had in mind, it would make a ton of sense. I, I would not be surprised by this in any way. So here's the, the question, Walter. At the end of the day, with all this being taken into account, where do you see this team four months from now when we're getting ready for the playoffs? So this is the thing to me. I think that TSM wins one of the splits outright. Whether it's spring or summer, I'm not quite 100% because it has mainly to do with the talent of uh, a couple of the other teams. But I think TSM is either going to be the spring or summer split winner. Mm-hmm. Preferably, they'd rather win summer and just get that automatic bid into the World Championship if Riot keeps that similar structure. Mm-hmm. But I think TSM is going to be in the finals for both of them, and I think they're going to win one or the other. So that that's what my big prediction is. Of course, there is a chance that Sven Skaren just isn't very good Haunters doesn't take a leap, and we have these kind of internal uh, chemistry issues that crop up, and this team could like not make the playoffs because that's how stacked the top like the top six, seven teams of North America are. But I think it's way more likely that TSM uh, is going to be a finalist in spring and finalist in summer, and they're going to win one or the other. So you're bold, man. You're predicting all the way to summer. I'm not. I'm not willing to even talk about summer yet because who knows what offseason moves are coming in the way. I will say this. I think TSM is a top-two team this split. I think that the sheer talent alone will will them into the playoffs no matter what. I'm much higher on Svensk Aaron than you are. Uh, I have a ton it's of faith. Not, in, it's it's not a, that I'm not high on Svensk Aaron. It's just that there's this slight worry. I, out of all of them, he's the one that gives me the, the little twinge of like, yeah, but, but, but maybe – like maybe he's not as good as we think he is. That in a that, non-ganking meta, he could have an issue. I, I, yeah. I can agree with you on that. Uh, if Hanser doesn't make the leap, I, I, I think that worst case scenario, if you get ninety percent of what he did last split, he'll be fine. My Fair biggest enough. concern is what if Bjergsen and Doublelift don't like each other? Because these are two guys, both with big egos, both who have had a team devote themselves entirely to that person for a long amount of time. Can that mesh? If it does, awesome. This team probably wins the spring. There's just so much talent on that roster. I would be, I would be very surprised to see them not, at the very least, in the finals, as <laughs> long as everybody gets along. I think if they don't get along, this is a team that maybe loses in the semifinals, and we're hearing rumors about trades for double lift as, as, as TSM starts putting some feelers out there. That is the worst case scenario to me is that there's still a top four team that maybe has to figure out that one of these two personalities is just a bit too strong to mesh and they get someone who will buy into the system and then go off and be great in summer because TSM is just always good no matter what happens. It's, uh, you know, congratulations to TSM fans. Uh, I, you know, you, you guys hit the, the jackpot on that one. If you enjoy this podcast, there are definitely going to be more where that came from. And you can find all of them if you subscribe to the Esports Gambling Hour on iTunes or follow us on soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour. You can also follow me on Twitter at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Come back tomorrow when we're going to talk about another team 
with with a TSM player that has a lot of exciting things going on for it. Until tomorrow, bye, Internet.